Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Podcast. In today's world of ever-increasing noise, developing choicefulness, awareness, ability, and control is the key to creating safer, happier, and more meaningful lives for ourselves, our children, and our families. Featuring today's top experts, that's what this podcast is all about. There's a whole world of understanding the power of your voice and why it's more important now than ever in society and how your story is different than their story and how one of the most critical things for a parent to understand is the development of the child's story and the child's voice. And this is the perfect starting place to begin discovering how that works. Welcome to Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Yurcha, and I'm here with my podcast partner, developmental and educational psychologist and media expert, Dr. Rob Ryer. And this is episode 32. Now, in our last episode, Rob and I had a wonderful conversation with pediatric and adolescent psychotherapist and child development specialist, Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. Dr. Bryson is a New York Times bestselling author and the founder of the Center for Connection. And in that episode, we discussed how parents and families can be a haven in the storm for their children during this anxious and difficult pandemic time. Now today, continuing with that idea of supporting and nurturing our children's well-being and healthy development, we are inviting your family to get playful, be creative, and connect as a family through a fun and exciting activity that we're calling the Family Entertainment Challenge, sponsored by our friends at the Children's Screen Time Action Network. And here's how it works. In just a minute, we're going to be talking with celebrated voice actress and director, Tracy Moore. Tracy is the founder of Create Studio, and she was the voice of Share Bear, Princess Toadstool, George in George Shrinks, and the original Sailor Moon, among many other roles. And Tracy is going to give your family and children an exciting step-by-step workshop in how to create a fun two-to-three-minute audio story with characters, voices, and sound effects, just like in your kid's favorite animation. The plan is for you to join in as a family and create and record your own original imaginative story as a fun family activity. You'll then be invited to send us your audio story, and two stories will be chosen to play on one of our future episodes. And those families chosen will get a special individual virtual workshop with Tracy to really power up the story before it's played on the podcast. And there's even more to it than that, because this activity is designed as an entertainment activity. Entertainment is choiceful entertainment. Entertainment that helps advance the development of awareness, ability, and control. So families taking part in the entertainment challenge can look to gain insights into their children and to strengthen parent-child communication and connection. So let's get into it. And to start, Tracy, welcome to Live Above the Noise. And I know that there are a lot of Sailor Moon fans out there. So could I convince you to start with a little bit of Sailor Moon? Oh, okay. (laughs) I am Sailor Moon, and I say on behalf of the moon, I will right wrongs and triumph over evil. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for all our audience who love Sailor Moon and for all of us. So that is a great way to start us off. And uh, we are going to get into more fun stuff shortly. But first, I want to ask you, what do you think the benefits are to a child to be able to find character voices, to find their own voice in that way? Could both of you speak to that question? Because I think that's the heart of why we're actually doing this podcast. Okay, um, sure. Because basically playing is, is our God-given right. We're born as creative beings, and we get filters applied to us that we accept that make us less individually creative and more collectively complacent, or uh, we understand the rules of the game, as it were, and the difference between perhaps being an artist and creating and continuing on that path is the ability to disengage from those demands and allow yourself to retain and protect that innate sense of creation. So the biggest hump that I see all the time when I'm teaching or or recording or directing is to be able to allow freedom to convince whoever I'm working with, whether they're they're new at it or been an old pro, to be free thinking and free in the moment with the instrument that they are, with their own voice. And once you have the permission to do it, joy, it's just joy. And joy is something that recreates itself all the time. That's an element of joy. It's infectious and it will foster itself. And when you're in a situation where more and more you're seeing electronic products that are basically telling you what to think, how to think, how to be, what to look like, Mm -hmm. you lose that muscle because you're always relating outwardly instead of inwardly. And and voice acting is 100% going from the inward you and using yourself as an instrument. And it's your imagination that's creating these characters. It's nothing else. Like what I was thinking is, you know, when kids play, they take may take a block of wood and make it into a car when they're very small, but it's the sound they make that makes it the car. Mm-hmm. You know, or right. ha ha. I'm, you know, and right. so all right. of what the, how the voice is connecting is it actually creates a reality, an auditory reality, and it's very simple, and it doesn't need a whole lot of outside of yourself, you know, accoutrements. You don't have to go make anything. You are the car when you go. You know what I mean. So this is something we innately do. And voice acting is basically you make a profession out of it is what, you know, what happens. <laughs> you just keep playing while other people get serious. <laughs> well, you know, the beautiful thing that you just said uh, is that it's sensory physical. It's right down at the bottom. You don't have to figure this out. It's right there available at such an easy level to adjust to, you know, to get into And how does that carry out in your life or as kids grow up? You know, where does this go in terms of benefiting them, in terms of preparing them for their life? Well, if I was to say one of the greatest uh, developmental achievements that one could make in their full potential in their lifetime, it would be to develop a sense of unity and diversity, which is what it's all about if you can ever get there and if you can cancel your ego get it out of the way enough to respect other people and what they have to say, and then move into the spaces of acknowledging them as well as taking in their information. So once I think about the other people and developing a cognitive perspective, a thinking perspective of who others are, I think that the idea of the voice and voice acting allows me 
not only to think about who they are, but to step into their role for a minute, to play them, to step into other roles that are within me, multiple parts of myself, express those parts, to fully discover the parts of myself as well as recognize the parts of others, and then eventually move into a level of empathy and a respect for other voices. So I think the whole idea of voice and the power of your voice, as well as the power of other voices, is all inherent in the concept of voice acting. It can train all those things, as well as allowing you to move into your more authentic, playful, imaginative, inner kinds of activities. I would add to that how it affects your life beyond the actual creation process, beyond the actual projects you work on or the actual content, is you get used to the idea of permission that you can create in a moment, that you can envision something and it and have others envision it with you. So it becomes a collective creation. So we all have much more potential, I think, than we give ourselves credit for or allow ourselves to have. And that's something that if you're creating in that way and playing, you use that muscle and you use it in many different instances. Thank you for that from both of you. And one of the things that we've talked about in some of our previous episodes is the idea of power styles. And so the characters, each kind of a character has a different power style. Rob, would you talk about power styles a little bit? If you think about power types, there's basically a physical power type, an emotional power type, a social power type, a cognitive intellectual power type, an ethical power type, and what we're calling a transpersonal power type that goes beyond the personal. So those are the types of powers. And you can see from archetypes and characters, you know, that are in films and movies and animation and so forth, like you could sort of look at not only what the archetype is, is it a hero, is it a sidekick, what kind of archetype, but then what kind of power type is it also? So typically, if you have the hero uh, for younger children, because it's concretized, he's going to have a physical power type, and it's the easiest thing to recognize. And the sidekick won't have that same level of physical power type, but may have a social power type where he's a supportive social kind of character that supports the hero. And one of those power types, or two of them, usually become the dominant power types. Now, that's part A of the idea of power. Part B is how the individual uses that power. And this is where it gets really interesting. So on another level of six levels of using the power, that power can be used abusively at the bottom level, manipulatively at the second level, competitively, cooperatively, and then all the way up to nurturing. So what we see that's interesting about this is not only who is the character, number one, what is the character's power type, number two, or combination of powers, and number three, how does he use the power? And that use of power directly correlates to human development. So for example, if you take a physical power type that's abusive or manipulative, it's usually the lowest level of skills available to the individual. So they gravitate toward using the type of power that they have. And when you're stripped of the higher levels of your high brain functioning, you resort to what you have left for power, which is usually the bottom types of power. 
And so sometimes, you know, to get up into a cooperative and nurturing forms of power, which is a higher level of consciousness, it's going to take a higher kind of developmental brain and higher thinking skills and higher self-reflective skills to move you up into those levels of understanding what it takes to cooperate and to nurture others. It's not as simple as saying anyone can do that. So if you keep an eye on power types, it offers parents as well as adults a great kind of a framework to say, what kind of power am I using uh, with who in the world today? So it's an interesting combination of the type of power and the way you use the power. And the, all the characters in entertainment have that mm-hmm. inherently built in. So it becomes a great way to teach children about power and the kinds of power that are more important than other forms of power and higher developmentally. And also, I was just going to say that that it gives you an idea of understanding how bad guys come about. And I think that that's a really underused element of empathy in our culture. We like to say, well, that guy's really, really bad. You tend to isolate them as bad people. They are beings that have had an experience. And the more you understand that experience and in play, you begin to dip your toe in there. Yeah. And it opens the door for a discussion of how he became that way. Yeah. So you can go into the backstage. We, We have a theater metaphor we use the choicefulness theater which is backstage front stage future stage and what we talk about is that the backstage is often unconscious buried in the past but contains a lot of elements that are important to understand if you're going into your future stage and so there you go with disidentification negativity how did he get that way and what is it that needs to be done differently so that particular behavior doesn't show up yeah, there's a lot there that you can do outside of the play in that you can inform to the play. Mm. I mean, that's really the job of an actor. It's exactly what we do over and over and over. And in this case, it's the job of the parent to help this. And, and what it does is it provides insights in a fun way into the children. Absolutely. That they're probably not going to give you if you just ask or various other things. That's one of the main purposes of us doing this is to help parents and families communicate better and understand their children better and connect better. And what a gift, eh? What a thing to unlock. Absolutely. To your point, Wayne, about the hierarchy, the developmental hierarchy of types of power, I think that's a great thing for parents and children to understand. And uh, another interesting part of that is when you start to see the shift in, in filmmaking and in acts of power acts, using types of power, you know, the most entertaining type of power for many, many people is the physical car crashes and fights. And and if you start tracking uh, the entertainment industry and how, you know, when there used to be six car crashes now, <laughs> there's there's 126 car crashes in the same film. And you're, you're going like, wow, over the last 30, 40 years, what has happened is the what I would call the easiest to grasp concretized type of power, which is physical, emotional, is sort of a guarantee for attention. That's right. That's why they're there. That's why they're there. Exactly. It's because in a world that has increasingly distracted a viewership, you have to keep them fearing for their lives. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
But look what that trains. You know, that trains, that's the power style. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and given that the brain is neuroplastic and is constantly rewiring over 20, 30, 40 years, you come to think that that's great entertainment because there's 142 car crashes and 16 people died and look at the way they killed them. And all of a sudden you're going, what happened to the other types of power that were neglected in the film? So you wind up with a culture that doesn't respect the higher forms of power. And that's sad. That's sad. One of the things I just wanted to add to that, and Rob, is when you're dealing with a child that has not yet gotten to the cognitive power style so much, and they're coming from the physical power styles, um, you know, you see that in, in that age group of animation, for instance. Uh, they know very well those power styles as people who are writing them. And so you'll have your hero, you know, get in conflict with the sister and they have to come up with a way to climb the tree without anybody getting hurt or include their little brother or do these kinds of things. So if parents are aware that that's what they're watching, that's what their children are watching. And if parents can like sort of apply the knowledge you're giving them to how these stories are being constructed, Mm. then they will be uh, empowered to create their own stories and be able to use these characters to instigate solutions in in practical day-to-day life. Perfect. That's exactly perfect. Yeah, we love that. And that, I think, is a great segue. So, Tracy, you teach a lot of people. You've taught from the, the most talented voice actors all the way through kids that you've taught in courses and workshops. So if somebody is, is in a class of yours right now and saying, I want to create something two to three minutes long, where do they start with all that? The question is, how do you start? Okay, yeah. Okay, well, here's the beauty of voice is everyone has one. I mean, or certainly a large portion of the population, only a very small portion of the population would not be able to vocalize. So, you know, I'm assuming everybody in the family does that, probably not always pleasantly. And... um. This is permission to be as loud as you want, to go as far as you want, to have as much fun as you want. And that is your first obstacle is to allow yourself to do that. So the first thing we do and what uh, voice actors do on all levels is they engage their voice and their imagination. So children do this all the time when they play. They make sounds like, you know, and, you know, these kinds these kinds of things. This is what we do when we play and we lose that because it's trained out of us as something that's acceptable in our day-to-day lives. So, you know, some of us lose it entirely, but now here is everybody's permission. Here's my magic wand. You all get to get it back and you all get to play. So that's the first thing that the parents have to enable is play and not correction. There's no mistakes in play. So everybody's going to be right on doing what they do. And it's just being inspired by each other and taking what is exciting about what somebody else is doing and building, 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 you know, giving ideas, nurturing, nurturing, nurturing. And that's how we play. That's how kids play together. When you put two kids together and you give them a couple of toys and you say, go play, you know, mom and dad are going to do this. Those kids will automatically start engaging at the imagination level. That's when they'll start having fun is when they start playing. So that's the environment you want to create with your family at home. Then you want to be able to imagine with the voice, which is making sounds. So, um, you know, one of the things that I start is just simple sounds, like just um, sounds that would depict an action or depict a human activity. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage you two uh, right off the bat here without any previous practice and see how that might look. 
So if uh, someone's angry, they might go, oh, 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 right? There's three intensities there, and we can almost envision what's happening. If we got, and we got, and we got really, really frustrated, you know what's happening by just listening to me. You've already engaged at the imagination level. We all now have focused our imaginations and we're creating character together. So, um, Rob, I want you to be a villain, um, manipulatus, controller of the internet. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him an unhappy guy. So things aren't going his way. He's looking out over his electronic castle and uh, he's seeing people turn off their computers when he wants them to turn them on and stay up all night watching them. And he's tried something and he's mildly peeved for the first GER. The second GER is um, they have actually uh, sold a couple of their laptops to get a kayak. And that's even a little bit more upset, GER. And the third one is they have bought a boat and are sailing around the world for a year. And nobody has a computer. The only electronics they're going to use is a GPS. That is like you have lost that family for eternity. And that's it. Ah! So I just want three girls. <laughs> three at three different levels. Small, medium, and large. Let's try one. Okay. Okay. The first one is, yeah, the kids not watching all night underneath the covers. They actually turned off their computer. Oh. Good. That's very good. Okay. Now do it a little bit shorter. Let's do it a little bit shorter. He just goes like it's a harumph. Go. Ugh. Good. Now. The second GER is uh, the families have actually taken two of their laptops and they've sold them and they bought a kayak. So that's like on the way to your defeat. So I just need a GER, like a burning GER. Go. Okay. Good. Make it even shorter now. Good. Perfect. Okay. Now. This is the family. All the family has unplugged. You know, mom and dad have decided enough with the electronics. We can experience life without electronics for a year. We bought this great boat. Come on, kids. Let's unplug everything. And the kids have all decided this is what they're doing. And they're getting excited. And everybody's happy in the family. And you've lost that family. <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I believe it. It blew the electronics. That was really good. Okay, Wayne. Okay. Okay, now you are like a Where's Waldo kind of character, right? You're you're like the nerdy uh, computer expert. So the first one is you program this thing and it's just not working. There's a little bug that you just discovered and it's not a huge bug, but it's a little one. So you have to think about how that goes. The next one is... Um, you're having to figure out some kind of love life story with your your two friends and you're you've got to give one of your friends advice and you have no clue about what to say so you're thinking about it right hmm you know it's a hmm i want hmm on each one of these and then the next one is uh you are going to defeat somebody who's been hacking into all of your information that is used for you know your club is doing this great promotion for your school and someone's hacking in and taking all your money. And so you got to really think about how you're going to stop the hacker and yet not hurt him. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. The first one is just, oh, there's a little bug. You're going to fix it. You're going to have to think about it for a little bit. The second one is it's a love story and that's really challenging for you. 
and you've got to figure out what to say to your friend. The third one is uh, there's a big program going on and your school's promotional stuff is getting hacked and the, the support money's getting siphoned. Use your nose. Go. Okay. Here's the first one. Um, huh. Good. Okay, next one. <laughs> okay. I just blew you away, I'm sure. No, I really liked it. It was really good. It's exactly right. It's not a big deal, but it's a little bit of a peeve. It's perfect. The next one is love story, not your ball, but you got to help your buddy. Okay. Now just do one and do it a little bit shorter. And I love that curly cue. Okay. Make it even more tough. Like really? I don't know if I can do this. Okay. Now, when you do this, do you use your arms? Do you use your body to help you make the sound? Yeah, your body will naturally do that and just let yourself do it. Like, I'm for sure that when Rob did that big arg, something happened in that body. So you just <laughs> you created a monster. <laughs> Okay, so 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 I need a little bit more like, oh, it's really hard. I can't, I'm not sure if I can do this. Mm, I don't know. That kind of feel, right? Okay. Mm. Great. Now, you really have to think about it. You're scratching your chin. You're looking up at the sky. You're really thinking about it. And above your head is all sorts of different ideas that are popping into a thought bubble, bubble and they're changing because you're thinking so much, so many different things. Go. Mm. <laughs> I sounded like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy on the M. Just do the hmm now. Go. (sighs) Good. That one works. That's good. I'll take it. Okay. Now, now, Rob, you're going to be a hero. Okay. You're Superman. Mm. You fly in. Hands on hips. I'll save you. Okay. Go. I'll save you. Good. A little bit faster and a little bit more chest. I'll save you. Yes, that's it. Now, do now, now, emphasize the aisle. I'll save you. Good, very good. Now do it faster. I'll save you. Yes, very good. I believe you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's make, let's go with your nerd. Let's keep your nerd, Wayne, because you're in that spot. And he's about eight years old, maybe eight to 12. And his dog keeps getting on the couch. And he can't get on that couch because it's a neighbor lady's couch on her porch. And he always goes there and you get in trouble every time you get, you have to stay home, you get grounded. Okay. Okay. So the, the line is spot, get off that couch. Okay, go. Spot, get off that couch. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> now, separate spot from the rest of the line and get mad at spot a little bit more. Go. Spot, get off that couch. Very good. Awesome. You guys are naturals. Way to go. So that's that's how we do it. If you're a parent doing this, you have fun. You find out what you like about it. Just encourage your child to do more and more and more. Um, both Wayne and Rob, I have not a lot of experience. And it's, it's just a matter of me really getting into how they're playing and encouraging. And it's always about fun. If it's not fun, we stop creating because we start editing and, and uh, self-criticizing. And as a director, that's death. My biggest job as director is to nurture what's happening and guide it to the next place. Keeping joy. Joy is the commodity. You want to keep that exchange. Joy is the fluid that is going to fuel this whole endeavor. And you know what I noticed, Tracy? 
When you stop for a minute after you do that and you watch your own energy, it really has shifted to a different type of internal energy that has a level of excitability because there's freedom in that expression and you can feel it completely throughout your body if you look at the difference between before and after that voice activity, which is really a beautiful thing. Isn't it fun? I think age, you know, we've got an idea about what age is, but I really think that we all have that timeless quality to ourselves, that being that wants to play and longs to play. And when we allow it to be, it really feeds our whole body and our whole outlook and it resets us in some way. Yeah, great. This is the first lesson to say you've got to really allow yourself to play. Get out there and play and not, as you said, be judgmental with regard to it. I think it was great where you said nothing is wrong. So it's just go wherever it is that you particularly want to go. Yeah, and support, support, support. Playing is fun. And so let's work through what the parent has to do now. So how do they, in conjunction with their children, create the story? So they're all sitting around. What do you think? Do they... Do they sort of just start throwing out ideas? Um, How is it best just to get into that creative process? Everything in creative process, you start with what you like. You pick the one you like. Pick the one that that kind of speaks to you or one that you think you'll have fun doing. And let, let your children pick the one that they feel like. And even if both of them want to be that one, then just make them split into two in your episode. Right. Now you're talking about from the standpoint of the characters, but I'm talking about from the standpoint of the actual story. Anything that the parent chooses would be the obstacle or would like to encourage the children to think about as their obstacle or would like them to express as something they're finding an obstacle with or is something outside that they would like to transform. Right. That's where you start. You say, what are we beating? What are we going to beat? So you just transfer them. You just transfer the same elements into the context of whatever story. It may be whatever, whatever's going on at home or whatever is popular in the mind of the child. So uh, you just you pick what is the challenge? What is the challenge? Every story is about transformation and change and development through challenge. Great. So that's where you start is you identify the challenge and get the kids to think about what would be the challenge we did if we had one thing to talk about that we'd like to beat that we'd like to get through, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging, always encouraging and validating the child's creative ability and their own creative ability. That's essential. Now, you talked about the characters, creating a character. Are there things that a person can do with their face? In other words, can you squeeze your nose? Can you do something with your cheeks? Is there something that you can give them to say, okay, here's an interesting way that might help generate a voice that isn't your usual voice? Or is there anything like that that you can help? Yeah. Um, usually bad guys are lower and heroes generally have a strong, encouraging quality in their voice. And everyone has all of these characters. It's how you choose to use it that really makes a difference. So heroes are always strong and sound able and they sound like they're well-rested and they've taken their vitamins. Um, Villains always have a lower voice and everyone has this voice within their range. Like I do Shrieky, for instance. She's shrill. Uh, So it's, Uncle Mohawk basically took my ball. I did it, did it, did it. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got an evil kind of grating, you know, quality that would be unpleasant to anyone. And everyone can make that kind of voice, right? Can go, ah, you know. Um, If I do a hero, 
you know, I'm talking like this and I want to be really assertive and affirmative and we're going to get there. We can do it. Okay. So, so you just practice, you know, encourage your kids to have fun, you know, make a carrot dance, do whatever you're going to do. You know, it's like, it's all there for you. You know, when you're a child, you know, a carrot can be a rocket ship, right? Mm -hmm. There's no editing. So it's great for kids to see parents allow them for anything to be possible, for them to have fun and make anything, anything. Because parents spend so much time, you know, protecting their children and instructing and narrowing their choices to expand their choices is going to be something that they're going to really find all new levels of communication together with. Mm. So mom and dad, your job is now to let your children be exactly what they imagine and affirm that. And now what about sound effects? Mm -hmm. You know, sound effects are fun, obviously, and kids are going to want to have fun creating sound effects maybe that go with the voices. Do you have any advice with regard to doing sort of homemade sound effects? Because one of the things that we we want to do here is have you create it. We don't want you to go into a program or something and get a sound effect. Everything in your action today for this challenge, the entertainment challenge, has to be self-created. So can you give us some advice about sound effects? Yeah, I can. I just want to go back to the voicing a bit because you mentioned plugging your nose. Well, this is me with my voice. And this is with my nose flat, right? It's playing and playing and playing and saying, well, how would that sound? Well, what if we do this? What if we do that with your mouth? What if you pull your pull, pull your pull your lips together and then it goes like this? You know, so so there's all sorts of things you can do and just play around. Like, you know, parents spend so much time saying, don't pick your face, don't be your fingers in your mouth. This is this is going to be fun for them. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so with sound effects, it's along the same lines. Like if you go under the water, you put your lips together and you still talk, but you do this. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> and there's all sorts of things in around your kitchen that squeak and bump, and cheese graters are great for things. Or you can, you know, I don't know what I've got here. That is the top of my takeout coffee cup and my nails. And that sounds like sawing, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Got it. Right? So it's just having fun. (laughs) Everything, the whole world can be a toy if you see it that way. So is there anything else that come into mind, Tracy, that parents would need, that kids would need to know to sort of start doing this and, uh, and come up with something? No. If you find yourself stumped, all really I would suggest is that you just get a pen and paper and just make the journey. Like journeys typically have three elements. So Typically, you start, you have a middle, and in the middle has three tiny things that happen, like I'm going to put on my shoes. So I find my shoes, I put my shoes on, and I tie my shoes. That's the three elements. Typically, we work as human beings in threes. Our mind likes to do that. So uh, most story structures have that. So it's usually, okay, I'm going from here to here to here. So we have a, a start, a middle, and an end. That's another three. So you just take these little structures like where are you going to start, where are you going to end, and what three things are going to happen on the way. Mm -hmm. That's a great framework, and that's going to work. And as long as the stakes are high, even if it's just making a pancake or tying your shoe, it has to be like you've climbed Mount Everest, right? And you do that with your kids anyway. Remember when your kids first started tying their shoes or 
even going on the potty. It's like, yay! It's like the best thing ever. You just won the million dollars. You know, it's like, <laughs> and that's, we naturally like to be affirmed. We naturally like to celebrate our successes. And it's just a matter of framing where the story is, because it's really the same journey. It's attempting and overcoming an obstacle. The characters start out not knowing how, and they, they go to having victory in it through the journey. So any child will have experienced anger. They would have acted out. They would have done uh, great things and won prizes. They would have been sad and cried. They would have perhaps, you know, they, they have a relationship with a pet where they've had to deal with that pet and watch the pet go through different uh, journeys. And so it's just guiding experiential recall. It's what it's called in, in the acting world is emotional recall. So, you know, if I'm going to play, you know, head of gabbler, well, I don't live in that time. I don't really have, you know, many of those life experiences, but I've had parallel experiences that I can apply to the context. And so the parents can choose and say, okay, well, we've got this story. So if, uh, you know, you're feeling really frustrated here, when's the time you felt frustrated? What'd that feel like? And so it can engender a discussion and a retelling of the family's stories and of the people within the family's stories and experiences. So when they're creating characters, then they apply those to the character that they're going to voice. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Rob, do you have a thought on that? Well, I think this identification, disidentification idea is great in the sense that who you don't identify with, a character that you think, for example, if you're concrete in your thinking, and you say, that's a bad guy, that's a good guy. Uh, I think there's an activity that's possible because the bad guy or the disidentified character, it's important to understand the disidentification as well as the identification. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you love about this character? And he has these attributes. But what don't you like about the other character? And oftentimes you have many of those qualities that you're disidentifying with, mm -hmm. for example, anger and power and negativity and so forth. And disidentification opens the door to a deeper discussion of what might be buried under your layers of potential parts of yourself. And that opens that door for a greater discussion. And from my standpoint, I would just like to go into a little more detail regarding helping families getting started with creating their story. So, of course, you can be totally original if you want to. You can create all new characters and a new storyline, and that is just fantastic. Or, if you want to take another approach, you can use your kids' favorite entertainment and stories to sort of jumpstart the process. And if you want to do that, you can take a video game, a cartoon, a comic, or a book, and if your kids have a favorite character or storyline, you can start with that, and create a follow-up story like a next episode or mash up a bunch of characters and situations. Maybe Batman teams up with SpongeBob SquarePants to take on some supervillain that you create. It can be anything that you want. So there's no need to limit your imagination. Any further thoughts on that? I think it would be smart for a parent to be taking something that has a passion built in already where you don't have to train or get the passion occurring. So I would use a favorite piece of entertainment. And then I would, you know, essentially you're working from the outside in a little more because you could probe things like, uh, what do you like about the character? What don't you like? What's the, what does the character think is cool? What's his favorite things? You could come at it 
from an external perspective where you could get the child thinking more about the characteristics of the character that is his favorite character so that as a parent, you can use what you discover that is for the inner IQ training of the child. Also, if you have kids in the age group of eight and up, you can go to our new podcast for kids, Shield Star Nights. And that's spelled Shield Star, all one word, and Nights with a K. And that podcast was developed to be entertainment with the three elements of choice fullness, awareness, ability, and control built right into it. And when you're there, listen for Tracy, who voiced some of the characters and directed the podcast. You can then listen to an episode and continue the story by creating the next episode, going anywhere you want with the story and characters. And of course, it doesn't have to be Shield Star Nights. You can do that with any of your kids' favorite entertainment. And also just a thought with regard to power types or power styles. As we talked about earlier, you don't need to incorporate all of them into your story. But when you're doing this activity, it's a great time to be aware of them and to gain some insights into what your kids may think about these various power styles and how they might apply to their lives. But mainly, just have fun, as Tracy said. Enjoy the process. Really get creative. And speaking of which, Tracy, in the introduction, we talked about a few of the well-known characters that you've voiced. And as we mentioned, you are also a voice director and you founded Create Studio. And for our listeners, your website is createstudio.com. And that's spelled K-R-E, the number eight, studio.com. So before we finish up, can you tell us a little bit about Create Studio? Uh, well, Create Studio was uh, born out of an awareness. I was doing a lot of Comic-Cons and I, I've done a lot of uh, popular animated characters. Um, after being at Comic-Cons and seeing the young people, you know, I started Create Studio to get people to create, not recreate. Because, you know, uh, all of us who get asked for our autographs, we all know that it's been a corporation or a company that's channeled your attention so that we become a product. Um, I only involve in, in Create Studio's people who want to give back and teach people how to create their own because we're very aware the world's in need of creators, not recreators. And each person is a creator. Each person has all of these abilities. And the wonderful thing about technology is that it, it is mini studios right in your cell phone. It's never been a, a more important time for voices to be heard, for new ideas to be shared, for new inroads, for, for just our planetary existence to be expressed. And it's the children who are going to do it. So if you give them that ability and they're already going to be crackerjack on the technology, they'll be able to create their own worlds. Yeah, I like what you say there, Tracy, about that, because we can obviously get down on technology, and we do sometimes in this podcast in terms of the manipulation, persuasive design, etc. But that's where technology is not being used in the service of humanity. I think what you're saying is that it can be and should be used in the service of humanity and in the service of helping your children develop their own self-identity, to become creators, to become critical thinkers. And so you're trying to use that technology in a positive way. And so what we're saying here is that it is a tool. And if your kids develop their innate abilities to be who they are, then they can use technology to help that come out. And you as parents can do that as well. And, and this is an instance in which uh, we're hoping to give you a, a doorway to doing that. 
And I think that's a great place to end this episode. So to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We encourage you to get playful, have some fun as a family, and enter the challenge. And please pass on this information to other families so they can participate as well. Also, if you have time, we suggest you listen to episode 30 that has some valuable information related to this episode. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and many other podcast providers. And we want to thank the Children's Screen Time Action Network for sponsoring this episode. The network has some great resources for parents and families, and we encourage you to check it out at ScreenTimeNetwork.org. And to you, Tracy, my good friend, thank you so much for being our guest today. We had a lot of fun, and we really appreciate all your insights, and we hope that you'll join us again in the future. From my end of things, Tracy, it was a ball. Thank you very, very much. Well, uh, thanks, Wayne. Uh, me and my supercopter would be really happy to, like, uh, enter into your orbit at any time. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. Okay, thanks, Tracy. And uh, that'll be it for everybody. So until our next episode, it'll live above the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get our email update about new episodes and all the latest information, please sign up for our Noise Watch update on our liveabovethenoise.com website. And just a note regarding how to enter the challenge. Please visit our website, liveabovethenoise.com, and go to episode 32. You'll find the entry details there.